0: Hello, and welcome to Menage à Moi, a podcast about women who do themselves. I'm your host and one of those women, Chelsea Beck. Happy New Year! It's 2018. Do you have any sex related resolutions? Maybe you could treat yourself to that forearm-sized monster dong you've been dreaming about. Or maybe you could do that freaky thing you've always wanted to try. It's fun to embarrass yourself in front of yourself. Or maybe you're like me and have decided never to ask yourself this question again. Is this normal? Yeah, it sounds pretty lame, doesn't it? And it is a lame question. I don't go around asking myself that too much, but it does sneak into my thoughts, especially around sex and motherhood. And it's bullshit. Don't ask yourself that. And I'm feeling pretty positive about this resolution, like I can actually keep it. Anyway, there's more on that in this week's blog post. But whatever you've decided, good luck. And may it bring you happiness and fulfillment and lots of shame-free Ugly O Face. My guest today is future Hall of Famer rock and roll legend Suzanne Santo. She is a multi instrumentalist musician, singer, and songwriter, and best known as half of the duo Honey Honey. And she's as comfortable wailing on stage about smoking, drinking, and fucking as she is about divulging her masturbation habits to a stranger with a podcast. That's me. Anyway, she's totally rad. And I think you're going to enjoy our conversation very much. See you on the other side. Thanks so much for coming on the show, Suzanne. (laughs) Thanks for having me.
1: Tell us a little bit about yourself. I'm a musician and my band is called Honey Honey. And I also have a solo project under my name, Suzanne Santo. And uh, yeah, spend a lot of time touring, writing, recording, kind of always playing music in some way. I'm from Ohio. Cleveland, I can just keep, right? I'm from Cleveland, yeah.
0: Cleveland's not particularly conservative. I mean, at least in what in my experience, like, did you have, like, sex ed in school? Was masturbation talked about? Like, what was your experience growing up and talking about that kind of stuff?
1: I don't think – well, I remember I went to public school. And uh, I can't say that masturbation was brought up as much as, like, we definitely had the, like, period talk. And, you know, it was, like – I think I was in fourth or fifth grade and you go like with your mom to school and it's like the the girls would go, it was like an evening, it was after school thing, like like six in the evening and you get this presentation on your body and what's happening to it. But I don't feel like at any point there was any sort of sexual part to it that was like you would actually learn about your body. And, and obviously, when you're a kid, you get all these different slang words that you're so confused by. I remember What being, did you grow
0: up calling your vagina? Or do you call it a vagina? Oh, my it know. was what, a tootle. My Grammy called
1: it okay. the toodle. If you weren't,
0: you know, taught about it in school, like how do you feel like you learned about your body?
1: Well, I was always I have a beautiful mother who is who was always open to talking about anything. And my mom, like, grew... Like, my mom would just be, like, naked getting ready. And there was no shame. There's no body shaming. There was just, like, super comfortable. And so I'm the same way. I'm, like, totally fine being naked um, in front of most people. <laughs> and I I really appreciate that about my mother, just being um, this, like, confident woman. And um, But, I mean, I started... I remember... Like I remember seeing the labyrinth as a kid, that's and like a sexy movie. David Bowie, and just yeah. being like, "Why am I humping the couch right now? <laughs> like, why? Why am I putting my tootle on the couch?" Right. <laughs> but I like I started like masturbating in junior high, and and I would just t- tell my girlfriends about it, and we would t- all talk about it. And were they all
0: doing the same? Oh yeah,
1: yeah. And, and so and I think that's really interesting about an in- interesting aspect about women in general. Is that like guys don't I don't think guys talk about things like that as much as young girls will like just openly be like, Oh my God, so I humped my pillow last night it was it felt so good. And we actually had uh in junior high, my my best girlfriends and I, we called it, we had a code word for it. I don't know why this was our code word. Well, we called it cleanup crew because <laughs> it, like when I eventually went to Catholic school, uh you would have to like clean up crew in the lunchroom and there would be like specific like kids that would be picked every week. And we started talking about it during our cleanup crew time. And so then all of a sudden we'd be like, cleanup crew, what you got? And we'd have like a new technique. We'd be like, have you tried this? Oh my God. That's amazing. <laughs> you know, I haven't
0: heard that young girls really? And then, I mean, someone who I just spoke to said they thought they invented masturbation. <laughs> and it's like, but that's great that you wish shared, say that. shared about shared that experience with yeah. your friends. Do you have a sip siblings or anyone? I do. Okay. I
1: have uh, three sisters, two of which I grew up with. One is a half sister. We're all very different with our, uh, I, w- I would say, bo- body comforts and things like that. They weren't part of the cleanup crew. <laughs> it was just- You didn't share my, it. It no. was just your girlfriend. No, but yeah. I do think it's interesting because my friends that I did have this experience with where we would talk about our bodies in, in this way that was like super comfortable. They're all very strong women. One of them is like one of my best friends. And she's a very like sexually comfortable person. And so am I. So I wonder if I didn't have that like support group. As a young kid, I was probably 12 or 11. Um, you know, you you start to probably feel shameful. You know, I was raised catholic and i definitely when i was younger and i would masturbate i would be like oh my god like my dead relatives are watching me <laughs>
0: like I, I don't these, know why that's a thing like yeah, i was we had a cat and when the cat would walk in and i would be masturbating i thought like, my cat was like mm-hmm. my dead grandfather and i don't know where that that's came hilarious. from because i'm not religious at, Yeah, i didn't grow up religious and i just don't know why that's like a go-to fear that a relative, a dead relative, is watching you masturbate. Like that well, would be what they'd want to see.
1: You're raised with this. Like when people die, they watch over you, and then you're like, "Wait, I don't want you to watch me right now." <laughs> right. <laughs> I'd gonna... actually prefer you watch me another time. Thanks. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I need real privacy now. <laughs> when you started having sexual experiences with other people, did you feel really empowered and like you knew since you had? close group of girlfriends that you were, like, talking about sex with. This sounds pretty healthy to me. And now yeah. I imagine you having, like, some good first, you know, not, like, having those I, I can't first... say that, actually. No, you it can't took, say that. It
1: took a little while because uh, sex with a friend is much different than sex with yourself. Yes. And I think that takes a little time to harness that, like, okay, this is what I want and I'm, I'm going to tell you what I want. And... Uh, I rem- remember the first time I had an orgasm having sex, and I was like, "Oh my god! Oh, they, it's it is going to happen for me. Like I'm not one of the people that it doesn't happen to." Right. And I was just
0: but like, you, "You had that fear because it had been you had been having sex and like had didn't right w- wasn't orgasming." So you thought that-
1: I thought I was going to be one of those people that. It just wasn't in the cards right. and I'd have to take care of it on my own. But that is not the case and I'm really grateful. <laughs> How did you get there?
0: Did you decide you were going to do more work or tell him – was it a he, man? It, oh yes, okay.
1: it was. And he was just a, a different kind of lover. I think that uh, just in general, if you're a woman that the first time you have sex, like literally the first time and you're – Absolutely able to tell your partner exactly what you need—that would be miraculous. You know, it's just something that you evolve into.
0: People's first sexual experiences—you know, women aren't even thinking about themselves. Right? They're just thinking about how to please oh, the person. Oh, of course.
1: With. Oh my God! Yeah. I mean, well, I have this theory. I, I'm actually really concerned for uh, young ladies in this day and age because porn is so easily accessible. And young boys can watch porn anytime, all the time. And kids are getting iPhones at, you know, t- 12 years old now. And it's it's a scary thought to think about um, the relationship to pornography a- as a boy and thinking that that's how sex is. And you can always tell, like, a guy who watches a lot of porn when you have sex with them that usually – it's usually really bad. Yeah. And – uh, reverse reverse
0: cowgirl's not that comfortable.
1: It's not. <laughs> no. It goes right into my into my uterus or my yeah, and it it hurts. <laughs> I yeah. try, but you know, obviously like when you're with your trusted partner and you do things that you know they like and then they do things that you like or maybe you both like them, but you know, it's I'm all about having fun, but when it comes to uh like consistency with certain uh fellas who who like the porn, it, it can be really difficult to get your pleasure. So I, I worry for the girls of today. Going back to sex
0: ed, I think there needs to be a very clear line of like what's entertainment Right. Like porn and what's like real life. Like that these people are actors. Mm-hmm. This woman's not having a real orgasm. Like right. it's, this is just material made for like people to jerk off to, which right. is fine. Right. There are you know working conditions that trouble me about porn. But in terms of like the medium, I think it's it's great, but there needs to be a bigger conversation about the differences between porn and real life. Which oh, I yeah. feel like that's what's not it's being like, addressed. It's
1: like microwaving as opposed to like <laughs> cooking like a, a well thought out, balanced meal exactly. in the oven and like from scratch. And yeah. I don't I don't I mean, I definitely like I watch porn sometimes and I feel there's an absolute there's a distinct difference between a porn orgasm and um Just masturbating from my own natural brain and whatever is – or even, like, past experiences I've had. It's – on. I think it's, like, night and day.
0: How would you describe the difference between the orgasms that are fueled by porn versus – Watching porn, it
1: feels, like, stunted. It feels, like, a little – just, like, I'll get, like, turned on really fast and I'll come really fast. Yeah. (laughs) And then then it's over. Whereas, like, there's no – it's just kind of like, all right, it's like got it's that out of the way. Yeah. yeah, I honestly, I'll watch porn if I like. I'm like, well, I've got uh, like five minutes or ten minutes. I might as well just do this, right, and then carry on with my day. <laughs> but you it's know, It's less
0: intimate and like not as sensual or something. It, yeah, yeah, it's it's
1: very almost animalistic a little bit. For me personally, it might not be that way for everybody. But um, I, I I kind of feel bad sometimes when I watch porn too because I feel like it. I feel like I'm just microwaving, and I just microwaves are bad.
0: It's just lazy. You can get in a rut, and it's nice. Like I feel like most things in your life, like you get what you put into it. So, like, same with masturbation. Put a little more creativity in your fantasy, or like, don't just keep using that like tiny little bullet vibrator. That's just you know, like
1: which I think is also I worry about the vibrators because I love them, but like I think when you use them too much, you desensitize your yourself down there. It can be I've noticed that like if I've used my vibrator uh, frequently and then I have sex, it's harder for me to climax because I, I like kind of like like beat, beat myself beat the shit out of myself with a vibrator. Yes.
0: That's what that's when you just have to be like, can I bring this vibrator into this situation?
1: Right, right. Which is also great. Yeah. But I think, like, I need to, like, meter the usage of the vibrator right. because I don't want to damage my clitoris. <laughs> Understandable.
0: <laughs> I mean, I wonder if you're callousing or desensitizing.
1: Well, there's nerve endings. And, like, this is so unsexy. But, like, I've definitely noticed that, like, if I've used my vibrator a lot, it feels weird when I pee for a day right. or two. Like, you kind of, like – you know, and that's that's weird.
0: So we're talking about like days in between time on the road mm-hmm. as a touring musician. Like you get very little time oh to my yourself.
1: God. It gets it gets real. How really- do you
0: like? And your your honey, honey is like a a it's all guys, right? Or, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. and. When you're in, when you're in your solo touring, are you touring with a male band too? Yeah. Okay. I'm
1: I'm touring with a male band, uh, who I'm not romantically involved with. Right. Um are you
0: romantically involved with?
1: Yes. Oh, okay. Honey, it. Honey, with yeah. The, okay. Um, with the
0: the man with Ben. Yes. Ben. Yes. Got it.
1: <laughs> so we're we're kind of covered on that front. Okay. Got it. Um, but we are, we also spend a lot of time apart, and um, but the the road. P.S. We also weren't together for a long time, or we were on and off. and
0: But you were still playing music together. Yes.
1: So, um, you know, I mean, I would go like weeks without having an orgasm, which is really sad. <laughs> but it, that was sort of one of those things where you're – the life on the road is so uncomfortable. There, you don't get enough to eat. You don't get enough sleep. You're like – just utterly exhausted and depleted and i would actually have moments when i was on the road where i would just force myself to masturbate just so i remembered that i was a sexual woman i was like it's been 3 weeks this is ridiculous you know yeah um i also think this is this is a weird theory but i just know my body really well but you know we travel in an suv and we have for years we're not at a bus status yet maybe we will be one day but when you sit for hours, um, which is part of touring, I, I feel like there's like almost like I need to be – not repaired, but like just my my sexual organs aren't – like I've definitely had sex after being on the road for a while and it hurt mm, mm-hmm. because I think my body gets messed up from touring. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to really explain it, but when I'm just sitting all day, it's like I'm not – I don't work out really. Right. You know? So there's just like a weird – uh, recovery from the road and which is the antithesis of what a lot of uh male musicians experience because right, they're they probably like constantly jobs after meeting the show girls and, stuff. and like and it, it is that way it's it's a lot different for a woman meeting somebody on the road when you're single because it's it's kind of dangerous sure and i don't think i have to think about this i've definitely boned on the road uh when i wasn't with ben but there were usually people I knew and like were comfortable with.
0: What when you say it's dangerous is that just like general like the the general danger that women feel like having sex with a stranger, or is it something more being like the musician and then like, I think ha- it's a fan? the
1: I think it's the musician thing um, because I I think I've had sex with one stranger like met him at a bar went home it was awesome that's. Uh, maybe once or twice. <laughs> but I prefer to like meet people in my circle or that I, you know, I the the stranger thing um with playing a show is interesting because I'm I'm also really not attracted to a fan, you know? Like that doesn't that makes me feel kind Do you of hear weird. that fans. Yeah, sorry guys. Uh it makes me feel like there there's not an accurate uh depiction of me there's like a glamour cast right. that i i don't look at myself that way like some yeah sometimes i feel like a rock star and that's cool but i don't identify with that that's what i do and i love what i do but you can always tell when someone identifies you as this thing that it's just like i'm just it does not uh turn me on to be like uh worshipped or something like that i i don't care for that <laughs>
0: You're bound to fall from that. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. If that's where
1: you start in a relationship, yeah. oh my god, that's
0: just setting it up for failure. I,
1: and I think I, I I feel that way because I've had that experience and have known like it's I don't ever want to be with someone that uh, thinks I can do no wrong. Like I I I need a partner who holds me accountable and vice versa. And um, I think that a lot of musicians probably run into that issue uh, romantically or sexually. You know, and they probably, they can love it, but it's just so saccharine. You know, mm-hmm. it's just so, it it's not real. And I would definitely feel a guilt attached if I indulged in that.
0: But your music is- regret- Very sexual. It is very sexual. <laughs> and it's like, and it's not just sexual, it's like sexy. And it seems like it's about sexuality a lot of the time. It's an interesting thing to harness and then right. kind of pull back on. Well, how does sex inform your music?
1: Um, well, it, uh, it really, you know, we were talking about this earlier about, um, I'm really comfortable with my sexuality and I've definitely walked this line of, of needing to be careful with how I present that publicly, uh, as opposed to how I just talk with my friends or talk to you right now. And obviously, obviously this is a podcast that's going to be published. I was really fascinated when my record came out because, well, one, I I sent it to my parents before it was released. And I was, I was terrified because I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> this is going to be interesting. And my dad called me and he said, honey, I just got done listening to your filthy, raunchy, beautiful, incredible record. And they've always been that way. Like they've let me um, – express myself as an artist as i I moved to new york city when i was 16 um i I used to be a model and my parents like really supported me in that and i I remember when i like i called them both when i lost my virginity (laughs) like i know that's kind of weird but we just always had this like trust with one another and they trust that i know what i'm doing and and they uh protect me and respect me and vice versa And, um, but what was interesting, I definitely freaked out when I released the solo record because it, you know, if you haven't heard it, listeners, it, it's really sexual and, um, I don't want to live in fear and I don't want to sanitize myself. If but I'm I also did not write any of these songs to like shock anybody like not it's all from an authentic place like it's not like I'm gonna say the most outrageous thing because people do that and I think you can tell when people are doing that and it, it can be um, it just kind of annoys me you know I, I like the real stuff like you know I talk about microwaves. like I I like a home cooked meal you know it's right. <laughs> just my style but. like what what would you say is
0: the most erotic or, like, vulnerable lyric or something that you exposed on that album?
1: Um, I think it's the the first track starts with, and I love this song so much, um, but the, the, the lyrics are, uh, I want to smoke and I want to drink and I want to screw every time I think about you. And, um, you know, what's interesting is, in all, like my press and interviews I've had for the record, um, people usually a man who's interviewing me will be like, "Wow, this is intense! Like this is this is very sexual." And but I think if I were a man, they wouldn't say that to me, right? I really do, and I'm not. I'm not angry about it. I'm just interested that the that a lot of the male journalists I've talked to about my record are like, "Wow." But I really, truly think that, like, it's not any different from Honey Honey songs. I mean, it's a little more raw, but when Ben and I write together, we keep it really nebulous. Like, we just say all songs written by Honey Honey, so you don't really know who wrote it. And no one really ever mentioned the sexuality then, but when I'm standing on my own without a man behind me or next to me, um, it's like, wow, this is a lot of sex. I think i can be
0: scary sometimes i think women who are vocal and know what they want and are terrify men i i mean i think that can be really scary
1: that might be true yeah <laughs> yeah
0: yeah i mean i think you have to be i mean for awesome men are like totally into it and cool with it but i think for a certain type of guy
1: right it can be
0: really terrifying i
1: think that's exactly what i'm kind of saying you're you totally nailed it like it's not um, the vibe I put out is complete comfortability with myself, and I think a lot of times when men have that like predatory sexual advance, it's for girls that seem scared, right, or, th- or that aren't you know that are more closed off,
0: right, or they're like asking, it's less you, they're probing you about it right. to to then like poke a hole to see like where you're more vulnerable, like this all you you sound like such a badass person on the record and you're like owning your sexuality like how can like maybe sitting down to conversation with you i can i can suss out like a vulnerable area or yeah. something <laughs> like i'm i'm being the creepy guy yeah here. Yeah. i'm not trying to do um, that right now
1: no i i think i think it's more just like I, i'm not like tooting my own horn here I, there are plenty of women that um can comfortably sing about their sexuality. But I think there's a lot of women that sing about their sexuality and aren't comfortable with it or or are doing it in a distant and genuine way that is for more of like a pop purpose. And there's that shock factor. There's that what's trending. I'm going to hop on this bandwagon and that can put people in really, uh, interesting positions that, that can be harmful to them, you know? if you don't really mean it and like you work you're a pop star and you work with a writing team and they and you're part of this machine and you need to uphold this image and always be sexual and sing these songs but really you don't know how to talk to someone on a first date like there's some incongruencies there like there's a there's a huge missing element where like I'm a songwriter i write my own songs or i write with ben and i write from like real places and and even if they're metaphorical, like, which a lot of songs are, you know, I've never killed anyone, but there's a song about I killed someone on my record, you right. know, but um, I think there's a difference with having my relationship to my songs in that way, whereas some other female artists might not have that. And I would, I, I feel like a heartbreak in that scenario, because there's a lot of pressure to be a lot of things. And I, I've had some experiences with that. And I've worked really hard to avoid it because I I don't want record companies breathing down my neck trying to make me something that I'm not or that I'm not comfortable with and it's you know I'm sure a lot of actresses feel the same way mm-hmm. when you're representing something that uh, people see you and then they think that's who you are you know art art is an expression so it can it can get people in trouble sometimes
0: your life. In, informs your music, does your, does your music inform your life? Have you oh, felt that writing about your sexuality and like expressing that through music then gives you confidence to
1: that's really interesting. live a certain way? You know, I, yeah, this record in particular, because it was my first, it's a, it's an independent release and it's my first record on my own. And, uh, it it definitely influenced a whole new level of confidence and, and power. I feel empowered by it. And like, I just got off a tour where I opened for an artist and it was my first tour by myself. And I drove by myself across the country and back. I broke down. Yeah. I felt, I feel empowered by, by my music in a way that I was surprised by. I wasn't, that, that was like a additional element of knowledge that I've, gained from this experience
0: on that song you referred to handshake right that was okay that that stood out to me because even though you're talking about someone else and the longing you feel for that person you're on your own you know it's a solitary song it's like lonely
1: that song is really kind of uh an example of how lust can just like Turn me into an animal, right? (laughs) And and turn one into an animal, say that. Uh, Where like you want to turn up the dial to the the hottest degree of just I'm gonna drink, I'm gonna smoke, I'm gonna do whatever the fuck I want because I have all this energy for this person is driving me crazy. And of course, masturbation factors into that.
0: But that's a horrible feeling, isn't it? It's not
1: good. It's it's not. It's very uh, it's very fleeting. Yeah, and I feel grateful to have explored and understood what that feeling is because I think it's caused me a lot of problems in relationships, Mm -hmm. um, in understanding like idealism and how it can, it can shatter like the reality that we're in. That's actually so much healthier for you. It's a lot like the meeting the people at a show, right? It's just like, it's not real, you know? And, um, I work really hard at my perception of, uh, reality and my patterns and my you know things that um psychologically uh take me away from truth and loving friendships and relationships you know and so yeah that that level of uh sexuality and lust is like super toxic <laughs> but everybody experiences it. It's like dating in your twenties, you know, it's like (laughs) you have to, you have to have all these crazy, and I, I love that I have crazy experiences. They're, they're fun to talk about, but when you're in them, it's, it's so painful. Right. You know, when you're actually in those circumstances, you're not finding true love, you know, you're like shooting off a gun. Smoking, I wanna drink and screw every time I think about you Which is all the time when I'ma lose my mind Sitting on the sidelines
0: Are there other women musicians who you think nail the sexiness, like a rawness and oh
1: yeah who
0: who are some people um, that stand out for you? Well, I
1: love Erica Badu. she's I, I talk about her a lot when people ask me about this record and like what I was listening to, and she's very sexual and just like she's such an artist, and it she does it in her way that it's really ballsy. Some of the things she says, and it's ballsy because she's a woman, you know, because it's most women um don't do that, you know, and that's okay. Do what you're comfortable with, right, but she does it so authentically that I just fucking love it. The
0: more women that do that, it's like one of those things where once once the culture is like, oh yeah, we hear women talk like women talking about sex and like what right pleases them is totally normal right. and like takes up as much space as what, you know, what we hear from men and right. what they want. That's what
1: we're doing here. Right. The translation f- from maybe more conservative minded people when they um, maybe meet somebody like me or like that just like has no hold barred in terms of most things that I talk about and uh, sexually, let's just specifically say talking about sex, you know, uh, a lot of people would uh, define that as, oh, she's being difficult, you know, rather than just like, oh, that person is free and comfortable to talk about anything. And I I played at the Chicago Old Town School of Folk Music last month with the artist I was out with. And it's a really beautiful room and it's folk music, right? So like, you know, these people fucking love Woody Guthrie, you know, and it's great. Um, if you listen to my record, it's not it's it's a you know, it's not like you're like uh fun loving folk music. It's yeah. very sexual. And so one of my buddies was sitting behind this couple that was listening to me. And I'm the opener, right? So they're there to see somebody else, and sure. they're just experiencing me for the first time, which I'm like kind of elated by because it's just a really interesting social experiment in some ways. And uh, this man said to his wife uh i liked the opening but sh- opener but she was a little pushy
0: <laughs> thanks so much for coming on the thanks show thanks for
1: having me this was great
0: <laughs> Ooh, suzanne 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 her new album is ruby red she's just started a west coast tour so find her drive see her what an amazing woman Find out more about Menage Moi at menageamoi.org. Leave us a review. Follow us on iTunes. Tell your friends. Spread the word. I'll see you in two weeks.